contrary to popular belief. Um, some um, months or even years ago, I don't know, Greg Dicey came into church one day and he had a packet of five bread rolls. And he said, I don't know why God gave me this too loud. I don't know why God gave, gave me instruction to buy five bread rolls, but here they are. And he threw them down. And in those days, I used to come and hope nobody noticed me, and I'd sit there and quietly leave. But that Sunday, on the way to church, I'd say to the Lord, my offering that I have to give in the tithes and offerings is so little. But please, Lord, don't. It's not a reflection of my heart. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly, and he said, remember uh, the, the story of the five loaves and the two fish. Watch what I'm going to do in your life. And this morning, <laughs> Ron comes in and he says, oh, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why God told me I must buy you some bread. But I was obedient. And I wasn't going to say anything. But for me, this is just a, an object lesson. I mean, who has bread being brought to church for them? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Jesus told me to bring you bread. Um, and for me, this is a symbol of breakthrough in my life. And I was going to just go, oh. Ron, you just don't know actually what you've done for me. And the Lord said, I think other people also need breakthrough. And so, if you need a breakthrough in your life, whether it be financial, whether it be your marriage, whether it be, I don't know, let's stand. Trace, help me out here. I think God wants to do something for all of us. This, this is actually quite symbolic. Um, it's obviously the bread of life. And, you know, when we take the bread of life, what do we do? We take in his re resurrected body that is being broken so that we can be made whole. In every aspect of our lives, the bread represents an incredible life-giving force in our bodies. So when we take communion, we don't actually understand how powerful that is. And as as Elsie took this bread out, I just thought, wow, Lord. You know, when they, I received that verse that said, come to me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. What is that rest? That rest is trusting in him, trusting in his provision, trusting in his healing, trusting in everything that he represents for us. And the bread of life is here today. I believe that this is also symbolic of that. So I just thank, thank you, Ron, for your mm -hmm. obedience. And I thank you, Father, that you have confirmed your word today mm. through all of us being so faithful. You're always faithful. You're always giving. You're always loving. You're always encouraging. You're a good, good father, and you will never let us down. And so, Father, we just thank you for this blessing of, of the bread of life today. So all who are heavy laden, come, take, eat, and be restored and refreshed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Maybe we should break it. Can we break it? Do you want this? Yeah. Put it at the back. If you need a, if you need a breakthrough, I know it's not COVID, but I think this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. Go get a chunk. Go get a chunk and eat it. <laughs> Bless you. I'm a bit... Ah, oh, they're going now. Go get a go get a piece. Go get a piece. Oh, maybe you should just yeah. Unfortunately it's rye. <laughs> so that I can have a bit. Jesus. Martha, bring me a sticky as a plea. Thank you, my angel. Thank you. I think let's pray a prayer together as you eat, as we eat this. She needs a piece too. We're not going online quite yet, eh, guys. I think this is for just for the house. It's so, Father, we just thank you for this bread, the bread of life. Your Son, whose body was broken. And Lord, we thank you that as we partake of this bread, we partake of the redemptive life that Jesus died to give us. The Redeemer, our King, died on that cross, and everything within him just gave love to those who were out there. And I just pray, Father, that this love that, that we have from you, represented through the sacrificial uh, sacrifice on the cross, is something that we need to understand in our hearts, that as we partake of it, we are partaking of his body that was broken. And as we partake of, the, of his death, we also partake of his resurrected life that you died to give us. So as we eat of this bread, we eat into the resurrection life of Jesus Christ that he died to give us. A life that is full of blessing, a life full of abundance, a life full of healing, a life filled with restoration. Amen. A life filled with all the joy that he could ever give us. He died to give us today. And we partake of it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's actually nice.
Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's so good to have you in the house. It's so good to have people online. Hello. <laughs> Years ago, um, I was working amongst the Chinese in Joburg, and a young co convert came to me and he said, Else, have you read the Bible? And I was like, but don't ask me about numbers, okay? And, um, and he said, the Bible's all about Jewish people. Like, I'm Chinese. Don't know how this works for me. A lot of people have this sort of view. How, how does the Bible apply to me when quite clearly it's about Jewish people? But it's the most beautiful story. It's not that God said, ah, I don't like you. Ah, I don't like you. Yeah, you'll do. Not at all. What God did was that he called a man called Abram from Ur of the Chaldeans, and he said, Abram, come follow me, and I will make you a great nation. And this is what he says. I will call you to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, first of all, it says uh, a lot of a lot of translations say nations, but actually it should be all the families of the earth will be blessed because God works in families. He works, we're his family, and he brings people in to his family. And the reason what he, why he did this was so that he said, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So he called Abram, who became Abraham, so that people could go, wow, look how blessed these people are. I also want to serve this God. And that is exactly what happened there. And so in the ancient world, Israel was in the middle of the two most powerful nations, Egypt and those nations that were in Mesopotamia. You know, the Babylonians and the Syrians, you heard how they, they, they used to come and run over Israel and the Egyptians. Well, Israel was slap bang in the middle of them. Not only was he slap bang in the middle, but also every nation had to go around through Israel. If you were going from Africa to Europe, you'd go through Israel. If you were going from Arabia, to somewhere else. You had to go through there. So it was any place that you wanted to go, you had to go through that little narrow strip of land called Israel. Whether you were going to Europe, Asia, Africa, or whatever. Because remember, on, on, in, in the east, there's this huge desert. And so people used to walk, go there. And, and God's plan was, here are my people slap bang in the middle of the world so that everybody that comes through can see what a good God I am. 
And that is exactly what God intends, uh, intended for Israel, but intends for us too. You know, um, when you look at the story of the calling of, of Abraham, who becomes, let's call him Abraham from now on, you see that God says, I will, I will, I will, I will, six times. When do people say, I will? At a wedding. And so, God was marrying this family. And all that Abraham had to do was to say, I believe you. Yes, I believe you. Yes. And the Bible says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. He's the father of faith. So if we look at the story, what is faith? Believing God. We make things so complicated, but actually, it's quite simple. It's believe God. And so we have this beautiful story um, in um, and if you look back, that God has been pursuing you. He leaves the 99 and he goes after one. Yes, God is the God of the church, but he's also the God of the individual. He's the, he's the God who sees you, the individual. He is so caring. It's, it, I mean, it's just incredible. Um, last year, Stoffel preached a message about how um, God wanted to marry the whole nation. In Abraham, he married a family. In, in, when he brought the Israelites to Sinai, he wanted to marry the whole nation. And that's a beautiful, beautiful story. And maybe look on, 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 on Facebook and just listen to it again. It is just the most wonderful story of a God that loves. I will take care of you. I will take you out. I will go with you. I will do this for you. I will. But unfortunately, there, what happened was, the children of Israel said, Moses, you go. We're scared of God. You go. And so, Moses... <laughs> Moses went. Shame, man. <laughs> Someone's miserable this morning. And so God, this thing of God's marriage to a nation still, still stood. It still stood. Because have you noticed, as you're reading the Old Testament, every time the, the, the children of Israel would go off to own, uh, their own gods, other gods, God equals it to prostitution. Have you noticed? So that marriage still, still stands. And we get this very, very heart-wrenching um, um, book, Minor Prophet, Hosea. Now, Hosea was, was to be an object lesson that the Israelites could see. Israel could see what they were doing to God. And Hosea had to go and marry a prostitute. Whoa. That's how I remember 
the, the minor prophets who does what? With hose, yeah, I go, oh, see what's happening here. Because I don't remember who's who, but hose, yeah, I go, oh, this poor guy's got to marry a prostitute. And so he's got to marry a prostitute, and her name is Goma. And she's very broken, and she's a prostitute. Now, this is not uh, Hollywood pretty lady stuff, you know. Uh, she marries a beautiful guy, and he takes care of her, and they live happily ever after. No, 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 no. Goma marries this, this man of God, and then not long, and she's off after other lovers. And God says this to Israel. Bring a charge against your mother, for she's not my wife, and I'm not her husband. I've had it. But then you know what he says. He says to Hosea, Hosea, go get her back. Because this is what I do for Israel. I go get her back. And so Hosea has to go, and he actually has to pay for his own wife back. He has to pay 15 shekels of silver, which was quite a lot of money. I don't know what this woman did that she got herself into such a mess that, that her husband actually had to pay for her. And so he comes and he brings her back actually a picture of us, how Jesus has to pay the price to get his family back. We were his. We were lost. And then he pays the ultimate price. Doesn't say, ah, you lot. He comes and he, and he loves us. He leaves the 99, pays the price for whosoever. And he brings us back into the fold. And so wonderful story of redemption. And so the choosing of God is not about, I, I reject you, I reject you. It's about, come, let me love you. Goma, come, come back to me. I will love you. I will provide for you. We were all there at once, one time, but now we are his beloved, who were not a beloved. Um, Bible says, um, Jesus says, um, I will be found by those who weren't looking for me. And that's us. And we get brought back. And so we look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Now, one day God says to me, I want you to read Ephesians 5, 25. And I'm like, eh, eh. nah. Because I grew up in a tradition where Ephesians 5 was what the church used to put women in submission. Unfortunately, I had some of that experience. And I was like, no. And, <laughs> and Jesus said, I want you to read it. Okay, I'll read it. And so I read the story. And I go, read it. Let's move on. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to read it again. I want you to read it again. I want you to read it again. I want you to read it again until it gets into your spirit. And then I began to weep and weep and weep as I saw what Ephesians 5 and 25, I'm going to read it to you slowly. And if you've been in the Lord a long time, um, you, will, you will recognize this. It's very, very um, well-known scripture. It says, Husbands, Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself 
for her. Love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So husbands ought to love their own wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, ah, oh, Jesus is saying he loves his own body. He's got no brokenness in him. He's got no, no issues. He, the Father loves him. He loves the Father. And just the same, he loves us, his wife, that way. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Jesus loves us as much as he loves his own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Jesus is nourishing the church, and he is cherishing you and me, the church. I'm like, oh my word. I'm cherished by God. Cherished by God. For as we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. I am made of the flesh and bones of Jesus because I've given my life to him. I'm a new creature. I'm of his flesh and of his bones. You know, when Adam saw Eve, went, wow, I'm going to call her Eve. She's flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. And here Christ, Paul uses this, these exact words so that we get the message. And so he's saying, girl, guy, you my flesh and my bones. And what did God do in Eve? He gave a helper, a wife that is suitable for Adam. And so many of us think, I'm not suitable. You don't know me. I've got this bond. God is saying, that is not true. When you come into a relationship with me, I look at you and I'm blown away and I say, wow, of my flesh and of my bones. And I know Linda's uh, ministered this quite often in the body, how when Jesus was pierced on his side, the church was birthed. Where did the wife come from in Adam? From his side. Where did the wife of Jesus come from? From his side. The church is birthed because he gave. He was pierced and the church was born. I'm of his flesh. I'm of his bones. Say to yourself, I am loved by God. I am cherished by God. Listen to this. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined, faithfully joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. But then Paul says this, listen carefully. This mystery of becoming one is great. But I am speaking with reference to the relationship of Christ with the church. 
He's saying, I'm actually not talking about marriage here. I'm talking about Christ and the church. This mystery is great, how we become one with God. This is a holy thing. And I'm like, wow, I am your body. You love me. And so, did Christ do this? Because he had to. Ah, better go, better go save those people. I'm not going much, but anyway. No. It, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him, okay, whosoever, okay. And he said, God did not come into the world to condemn. That's not, but to save us. And so, as we look at this beautiful picture of marriage, we see how Christ loves his church. He's devoted to her. We become the body of Christ. And through the, the New Testament, you see this theme running. We're the body of Christ. One of us is this, and one of us is, is that. And so, we are individual members, and together, we, sh we show the world who Jesus is. Isn't that, I'm just like so blown away. And then the Lord took me to another scripture. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. It says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, his Lord. And I was looking at this. We were called into fellowship with Jesus. Now, if I phoned you and I said, hey, Hey, Kim, let's go have some fellowship. She'll go, okay. Now, what for V-O for here? Fellowship. Because we don't use that word so much anymore. Fellowship. What does this word fellowship mean? It doesn't mean we're having tea after church. It's a much, much more intimate word than let's have tea and cake together or let's just go and have a glass. It's much more intimate it talks about partnership, like a communion. And so the, the Passion Translation translates it like this. We are called to co-share the life of his son. So here's his son, and we're his body. We co-share his life. We grafted in. We grafted in to the vine. We co-share his life. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit? So, he lives in us. We live in him. I am crucified. There's so many scriptures. You can look, they're just running in my mind. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. The life I now live. I live in Jesus. There are just so many. We co-share the life of Jesus. And so this morning, I want us to shake off all those impressions and lies that the devil has said about us. You're, ugh, you're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. You are this. You are that. I think, I think it's time the church shook off those Things and knew that you are cherished by God. It's just time. It's time 
we came in, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a thing that, that's evolving in us. We're beginning to get, get a closer view, and a closer view, as it were. But we need to stop thinking of ourselves like, like as nobody and going nowhere. Because that is actually not true at all. We co-share the life of his son. Romans 8 verse 1 says this. So now, I'm going to read the, the Passion Translation. It says this. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus. We are joined in life union with Jesus. There is King James, there is that, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And so if we come into condemnation, you know who's telling you those things? The accuser of the brethren. Yeah, sometimes we have to clean up our act. But accusations do not come from God. God lovingly disciplines us and says, oh, I don't like that behavior. My son doesn't behave like that, because we're all sons. I love you. Who God loves, he disciplines, and he brings us. We're the glorious church. The one he loves. The one he gave himself for. This is just such a, a beautiful, beautiful. There is uh, no, no, no condemnation. I want you to just stop for one minute one second, and think, is there anything in my life that's bringing condemnation? Something from the past, something that, that I'm battling with now, whatever. Let's just bring it to Jesus and say, I break it off, I break it off, I break it off. Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. How can we be separated from, from the body? We're Jesus' body. He's not going to, he can't. Isn't it? I mean, it makes no sense. The things that we believe. Oh, why has this happened? Jesus, you forgot about me. You don't know my name. You're okay with those people. Me. I've been there. <laughs> my norm. Okay, don't forget about me. He cannot, he cannot forget his body. Are you going to go somewhere without your body? <laughs> we co-share his life. We are in life union with Jesus. He loves us. He loves us. Break it off. Lord, I just want to stop here. Lord, we break off lies of condemnation. It's the day of breakthrough, man. Yes. I break off lies that people have said to us that actually aren't from people. They're from the enemy. We break off lies that the enemy has told us. We are the bride of Christ, and we cannot be separated from you in any way. We are bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh. That's how much he loves us. Yes! Amen. Amen. Okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to, I just want to, 
I'm repeating myself, I understand. But I want us to get it into our spirits, who we are, how we are cherished. Ephesians 3 verse 17 says this, so that Christ, I'm not reading everything in there, otherwise we'll be here for a long time. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so, what is it saying? For you to get your breakthrough, what you actually need is to be grounded in love, to know, to be grounded in his love, to know what your roots are, what roots you to Jesus, to know his love, to be, so that you're rooted and grounded in love, not in because I do this and I do that and I, and I have three hours of prayer and that, that, those things are good. But what roots us to Jesus and what gives us our identity? Love. That he loves us. To know the love of Christ. And then if we know the love of Christ, what happens? That we'll be filled with the fullness of God. You want to be filled with the fullness of God? Understand the love of God for you. That's what, what's what this scripture is saying. You want to be filled with the fullness of Christ. Be grounded in love. Know that you are loved. Now, to him who is able to do more abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works within us, because he's living in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Glory in the church. The church knows who they are. The church knows they are loved. The church knows how they stand. I want to I want to bring another scripture from Ephesians 1. 23 says this. Let's start from verse 22. And he put all things under his feet, this is Jesus, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Now listen to this. The fullness of him who fills all in all. The church collectively is the fullness of Christ. So if the church is not the fullness of Christ, it's because we don't know how much we are loved. And so bride of Christ, bride of Christ, know that you are loved. Jesus wants to put you on display for others to see. Oh, look, Jesus looks beautiful on you. Wow, look how blessed they are. So that he can bring others himself just as he called Abraham put him in the center of the earth that everybody passing through would see how blessed Israel was and then they would say I want this God and in now God has put us we are the city on the hill 
the light, the city on a hill, so that everybody can look and go, wow, look how beautiful the people in the church are. I want to be part of that. And as we love, and as we know what roots us, how we are strong, one day, trumpets will sound and the marriage feast of the lamb will be there and we will just see how beautiful our wedding clothes are and we will have a party that is of all parties you think you know how to party you know nothing yet that is going to be the party of all parties when Christ and the church celebrate but want to say something you already are the bride of Christ and you will be just the same as you were saved you're being saved and you will be saved we already are the bride of Christ but we will also have that amazing party one day and so what I was feeling about this morning it's a day of breakthrough it's that he's the bread of life and he lives in us he lives in us. And if there's anything in your life where you think, I know we've had it already. It's been the theme of the service already. God, I need breakthrough. I need to know that you love me. I need a breakthrough in this area or that area. He is the bread of life. He lives in us. We are of his flesh and of his bones. He is not going to leave us or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you, says the Lord. And so I just want to pray a prayer, Trace. I don't know if you're feeling something from the Spirit that we should do, but let's pray. And perhaps there's someone online that um, you haven't received Jesus as your Savior. You don't know what it's like to just feel this great love. I want... I want to make an invitation. All you need to do is say yes. I believe you, Jesus. Yes, I'm coming to you. I want to pray a prayer. And then I think I want to ask Tracy. I think God wants to do more in this body. But let's just pray this prayer with someone perhaps online or someone here who doesn't know Jesus or wants perhaps you're far from the Lord and you just want to grow nearer. Let's pray together. Maybe you can pray aloud with me if you feel like it. Father God, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. It was all about love. I say yes to your love today. I want to be your child. Forgive me of all my sins. Thank you for what you've done on the cross for me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. I just, I just have a feeling that God wants to do some more, and I think I'm going to ask Tracy to help me. Come. I just, I just. Um,